Welcome to the Perp Web Podcast, hosted by Joe Bosch. Dr. Nikolai Kravitsky, and the floor is yours, kind sir. Okay, so, um, so I told you I live in Ithaca, New York. Uh, we have a beautiful waterfalls there. This is one of them. And if you long time look at the waterfall, you really understand that flow is the most important thing in our lives. Your flow, heart flow, brain flow. So I spend all my life mostly working with the flow. And I'll try to speak slowly because I have a kind of my English, American style with Russian accent. So I try to do slow that people understand. And you can slow me down if I speed up. Absolutely. And okay. you have some great YouTube videos, by the way. I've watched several of them and really enjoyed them. Oh, they hold me to slow down, Nikolai. You know, so. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll talk about ELSA monitor. It's the first monitor that can measure a couple parameters during um, VA and VA ECMO. And one of them is the recirculation. So I'll talk about technology, how we do it, and also some clinical relevance. And now I try to do it right. So ELSA, it's an extracorporeal life support assurance. This is a device that's produced by Transonic. So there are three options uh, that ELSA can do. ELSA can work on neonate, LEDs, there's no any limitation by the air, by the age. And I'll focus this presentation about recirculation during VV ECMO. Um, We'll use in ELSA flow dilution technologies. There are two parts. One is measuring the flow, one is using dilution technique, and they combine here. A transit time is known long ago, like uh, maybe 30, 35 years. Our president first, I think, introduced it in biomedical business. It's a clamp on sensors, and uh, other companies also produce them. So everybody familiar with technology, transit time technology, it measures flow. <clears throat> So what I introduced in um, 1995, I introduced uh, the dilution technique using the same sensors, because these sensors also shoot ultrasound in and out the tubing. So an ultrasound velocity depends on the concentration of proteins in the blood. So uh, usually it's maybe 50 and 80 meters per second for blood, but it may vary depending on uh, hemoglobins and the proteins. But if you inject normal saline, it is 50, 33 meters per second, you can produce dilution curve. And this is the same concept, like all these dilution techniques do the same thing. They introduce indicator, they're different from the blood, it may be cold, maybe die, here at normal saline, that is convenient. And um, you produce dilution curve, and use all the benefits of dilution method, no, like a hundred years, uh, to do uh, to analyze the clinical data of the patient. So um, in the side 95, I introduced it for dialysis field. There are many full papers published, clinical, about using ultrasound dilution technology. Okay, we'll talk about recirculation theory. So what is recirculation in VV ECMO? Recirculation is the ratio of the blood that returned fast compared to how much blood we deliver. It's part of it, right? So uh, let me just try to do this. Ah, yeah. So you see here, 
it's a ratio of returned blood to introduced blood. Or if you have indicator, indicator mixes the blood, so it matches the blood. So again, indicator that come back to introduce. And to do it with indicator dilution method, you just measure the area. So this is red curve you inject into the patient. Mm -hmm. Blue line is how much it's coming back. Or at all, it may not come back. It doesn't have no recirculation. So this is simple concept, and the ratio of the areas will give you recirculation. Very simple, one minute, easy, and let's go. So now you inject saline. You see saline is moving, moving, moving through oxygenator, coming to the arterial sensor, produce dilution curve. Then come back, come back, you see this point moving, moving to venous, a second curve. So you have it. So you do injection. Usually the best place is between oxygenator and the, the pump. There's positive pressure, no potential danger of sucking bubbles. The, the shape of injection really doesn't matter. Should be nice bolus. How much you inject doesn't matter because you have a ratio. You see, this is the ratio between uh, arterial venous area and it gives you recirculation, it gives you the flow, and it also gives you active, effective cardiac flow. This is actually the flow that's going into the heart from your ECMO, not, six, four, not, six, four, six, not 640, 320 only, it's a big recirculation. And we talk about effective cardiac flow a little bit later, but this is kind of how this technology works. There are many publications in dialysis, in ECMO, more than 100 papers adjusting. It's considered to be the gold standard of technology, and it's simple to do. Okay, let's move. So, recirculation measurement, how it can help you? There are three things. Uh, first, it can optimize cannula catheter position for the best treatment delivery. This is the most used one everybody knows. How to do it, we'll talk about a little bit. Second, optimizing ECMO flow, the best treatment. Okay, here what you say, you have a flow, is it the best treatment? Do you go up or down? Okay. And the third one that is not really well kind of explored. The circulation can help you identify low cardiac output, either by, because cardiac failure or hypovolemic stuff. And uh, this is not really well kind of used, and I'll focus on it in my next slides. But first start with optimization catheter. So optimizing catheter cannula position for the bad treatment delivery. Okay, so this is a simple graph. So this is the first measurement of recirculation, and this gives you high recirculation. Then you rotate the catheter, move it, whatever you want to do, right? You think it. Then it goes smaller, 300, 30% only here, right? Then you continue, and then going up, and you continue going up. So you choose four positions, you say, oh, by the way, the second one was the best. You put your cassette in this position and go with this. And this is your recirculation curve. This is, a, this is injection. You can see injection, how you do. This is the coming in, it's coming out. There are multiple publications of using this technology in the field. This is from uh, Holland, from Maastricht. They, uh, it's a, 
uh, quantification of recirculation as an adjunct, adjuncted to thoracic electrocardiography for optimization of dual lumen extracorporeal life support. So they kind of use this technology to optimize position of the catheter. I like to pay attention. So the same catheter or cannulas, the same position can produce you 2% or 40 or 30. It all depends how you put it in. So because you can do every minute one measurement, you can really pick up the best position practically even without echo, right? But echo illustrates how you can do it, right? This is other publication in, um, from Charité, it's um, Berlin Hospital. They use optimization of the catheter to improve oxygen delivery in 10-year-old patients. So there's some schematic here, you can look at this publication, they moved the catheter in and out, they provide the structure, x-ray where the catheter is. But most importantly for us, look, they have a 300, yeah, three liters, three liters flow. And actual delivery, what is really matters, only 600 something. They move the catheter, different flow, better delivery, but tiny. So when, you, when they optimize the catheter, they have a smaller flow, but much better delivery. So and this is what only matters. ACV, what it really matters. And they did three measurements, and they give you 22, 25, 26% recirculation and effective flow. I'd like to mention one thing. When you do recovery, Ideally, you need to do at least a couple of injections. All dilution techniques ask you to do one, two injections. Why it is? You know, the, if you look at the how recirculation happened, right? Patient is breathing, right? And breathing may change the circulation because it re reconsiders the incoming flow. It may be positive pressure breathing. So uh, the breathing cycle can produce some variability. So it's better to couple injection to be sure that you know your recirculation. Don't expect it to be all time exactly the same. It may vary a little bit. Okay, so what we will have like a summary here, right? Summary. If initial recirculation more than 20% at the prescribed ECMO flow that you look from the guidelines, try to rotate the catheter, move cannula, and maybe you find the best position. More than 20% is quite high, and I'll explain you later why I think so. Uh, and one more thing, if during the course of treatment, the recirculation increased by more than 10% at the same flow, try to improve positioning. So this is a technology, take one minute, right? You come next day, in two days, and three days, and see how your circulation progresses. It's maybe very important in one way, Cannula can move, and they can always fix it, okay? The second will be optimizing ECMO flow for the best treatment delivery. And this is, people not really often do it. Let me show you. First, we talk about effective cardiac flow. Effective cardiac flow is how much blood is going to the heart from ECMO machine. In very simple formula. You can calculate it if you know recirculation, you do injection, and there's all the on the screen of ELSA monitor uh, this value is, right? So this is the main thing. 
not the not the flow of ECMO. This is number one thing, especially for VVM, of course, right? You need to know this thing. And this is a simple example. This patient, oops, just a second. Yeah. Here, three, three liters flow, no recirculation, whatever you inject, delivered. And see, there's no any sign of recirculation, no blue line. You can see it by your eyes on the screen, right? Then you go up to near five liters, you have a recirculation, 23%. And then you go to six liters, and you have a 32%. See, look what's happened here. You have three liters, you have, but effective flow not really follow up what you do, right? So it slows down. So you go up and up, and it slows down, right? So what will happen? This is what's happening. You have ECMO flow here, and this is effective cardiac flow here, right? So in the beginning, everything the same, whatever flow is, whatever going to the patient. Then the circulation starts. And you can still increase. You can add a little bit like a, a saturation, go one unit up. But what happened on this situation? You add two liters of pump flow and only 500 mil per minute actually going to the patient. You really need to think, do you want to overrun this thing with, for maybe one, two units of saturation while running extra two, three liters of flow in this area? So when you just have your patient, just go, go see what effectively, as soon as stop slows down, think, do you really want to go up? Okay. So this is a simple kind of suggestion of how you can use this technology, optimizing delivery. And the reason for that, of course, is the more you're flowing, the yeah, higher the your pressures, the more blood trauma can occur, and yes. there's a variety of different uh, reasons why right. uh, you want to try to get the most bang for your buck, so yes. to speak. Yeah, go through American more flow, but the best delivery. Yes. Right. Exactly. Hey, Joe, Joe, can I chime in one quick one Of course. Quick hey, Joe? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, so I've had conversations with even cardiac surgeons, ECMO surgeons, about the possibility that you can, what we call, overflow your cannula. And I, I was told, no, that, that there's no such thing. And he just demonstrated a perfect truth about the fact that you can, what we call, overflow your cannula, which means while you just keep improving, increasing your RPMs, is not necessarily going to result in an increased uh, flow to the patient. And you hit on some of the reasons, but one of the reasons is that you start causing so much increased turbulence, depending on the size of the cannula, depending on the position, and depending on the anatomy of the patient, to where that increased RPM is now forcing overall flow to go down that cannula. But that doesn't mean it's going to result in going down the right atrium where you want it, because now you're overpressurizing, overflowing what the capabilities of the anatomy and the cannula is. And I've never seen anybody demonstrate it before. I've only read about it, but I think that was an incredible illustration that Dr. Kavinsky just gave. I just want to, I just want to point that out. Thank you. All... Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I agree completely with you. I think it just, I think it, to me, in my simple little brain, it makes intuitive sense that when you have, um, when you have a higher negative pressure, because as you turn that pump flow up, you're generating a, a more negative pressure. And so there's more of an opportunity for it to get caught into that loop because of path of least resistance and a variety yeah. of other factors. So, I mean, I think 
intuitively it makes sense to me. So I don't even understand, John, how anybody that's working in your place can't just, to me, it makes, it just, it, is it, it seems intuitive to right. me. Because Does it not to you? It makes sense because, I mean, the, the initial access point, the origin of, of the circulation of the whole loop of the ECMO starts with access, right, from the negative side where we're pulling from the patient. So if you increase that negative pressure, you're obviously going to vent or suck more from what we're returning to the patient. And at the same time, especially if you have the double cannulation technique, mm -hmm. you're pulling harder mm -hmm. and you're pushing faster. So the jetting across, if you're going from, you know, if you have the femoral and uh, mm -hmm. right IJ, is more, a lot more opportunity for that to happen. And then depending, like you said, depending on the positions of it, I mean, if they're in an optimal position and just increasing the flow like we saw in the graph, the initial flow setting when it was low, there was no recirculation. Then you go to the second tier, they started to research more, and then as you increase the RPMs and more, then that even more, they even increase the, um, the recirculation even more. Even more, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good so, question, good, John. Good point, thank you. Thank you. Okay, as a summary, observation of effective cardiac flow at different ECMO flows can help to optimize treatment delivery. What I'm saying is this, this is not really very often used to my knowledge. It's only one minute, go, go, and make the best, okay? The best delivery. We use it, we use it routinely. We, we have yeah. actually, um, and I don't know how far you are on this particular topic. I don't want to keep interrupting you. So let me okay. let you get through this okay. and I'll we'll talk discuss. more about that because I have okay. some questions. Yes. And the third topic is identification of cardiac failure and or hypovolemic status. Now we'll talk about vital signs. Okay, so uh, we need to understand that whatever you have a flow here, very nice flow, it can only go into the heart if heart ready to take it. Mm -hmm. If cardiac output is only four liters, right, these guys don't allow anymore, you can run here five liters, six, seven, good luck, I'm sorry. You can run here whatever you want, it will not go in, because heart don't take it. So, the heart is the main, and we'll talk about later a little bit now, main regulator how much your circulation will be, in addition to position of the catheter. So as soon as you, more than 20%, with high probability, it's not the cannula position. It may be, but maybe heart is not really ready to take it, right? So mm -hmm. cardiac output may be low, by a couple of reasons. Let's see what's happening. Oh, sorry. Oops, just is going down. How can... I can put it back. Oops, yes. Okay. This is a publication uh, from the uh, Charity Hospital. And what they did, uh, they have a pulmonary probe. It's a VV ECMA, a large pigs, very large, 90 kilo. And they put PA probe on the pulmonary artery and measure cardiac output directly. And then they change the ECMO flow in relationship to the cardiac output. So this scale is the ratio of ECMO flow to the cardiac output. At this moment, it's 100%. Pump flow have the same flow than the cardiac output. Okay, understood. So let's see what's happened. This is recirculation measurement by, by, by uh, transonic. And they increase, there is no recirculation, a little bit, a little bit, some kind of small signs. And then 
when you go closer to the cardiac output, like 60, 50% is going up and up and up and up. Because cardiac output is close to the ECMA flow. And you have always recirculation here, mm -hmm. always. And at least 20%. So when you talk about the sheet 20%, it may be cannula position, but maybe you're already close to the cardiac output, right? Mm. And that's a real problem with VV ECMO, which we're going to address, because frequently and most of the time, we do not have a Swan-Gans catheter in or something of that, you know, pulmonary artery catheter where we can measure or the uh, pulse contour now. We don't have a method for measuring cardiac I'll, output. I'll I'll talk this about both your beautiful methods, okay, in my presentation. Okay, so what we know, the recirculation up, maybe cardiac output is close to the ECMO flow, mm -hmm. and maybe two reasons, maybe hypovolemic patient, no fluid, mm -hmm. low preload, or heart failure, we know about it, right, heart failure. Okay, this is the same study, it, this is exactly about pulmonary thermodilution. Again, same thing. You have uh, the flow going, ECMO going up. And this is a, this green, it is the flow in pulmonary artery by flow probe. You see, you go up and, you know, cardiac output didn't change much. Near four liters in this peak, right? And there are many of them. Look what thermodilution measure to you. When you go up and down, thermodilution give you four or five liters. So suddenly, thermodilution overestimate in liters, in, in six liters. Why? Very simple. If you use classic thermodilution pulmonary artery, you inject saline. This saline will be sucked by the pump. So it will not go through. So you kind of lose the indicator. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm sorry to tell you that thermodilution methods may be not accurate in VV ECMAN and same actually for VIA ECMAN. So be very careful. Maybe, you know, this continues with the injection of temperature catheter better, but cold injection may fail you. So, and it's not, a, it's not only one publication about this. So using this one GAMS catheter, good luck. Uh, you may really um, overestimate dramatically. It's not about 5-10%. Talk about two times. So uh, this is about, so there's not really nice method to measure cardiac output on VVEC, we'll talk about in the next session. So be aware. Okay. And again, I mentioned that um, high recirculation may be due to the heart problem. And this is a tiny, small take patient, 10 patient final study from Cheritea. So this is a graph, this is a recirculation measurement. Let me just do it. Yes. It's a recirculation measurement, right? And this is a, uh, two groups. It's a very tiny study. Uh, this right heart failure, and this is no failure. And you see, when you have right heart failure, recirculation may be high. And again, it may be also hypovolemia. We don't know. But this is kind of say that high recirculation, be aware. Okay? This is also from Charité Hospital in Berlin. Okay. And uh, this is a couple experiments. This is um, from uh, Children National from Washington, D.C. The two animals, a neonatal model. And this is the two animals, same size, same catheter, same prescribed flow. Look, one animal have 46% mm -hmm. 
one nothing, five percent. So why? Just to find out. Because they have a different cardiac output. So this animal, the first one have points uh, six hundred mils, and this have one liter. Big difference. It's small animal, right? Mm -hmm. And this why have a circulation. Okay. Okay. Let me be sure I'm okay. Yes. And this is the one kind of very clinical example. Uh, I was um, some years ago in Colorado in the hospital, and I was so in the very beginning demonstrating this technology, and we came to our OR. So what was happening? There was a transplant patient that uh, waiting for transportation of lungs and he was have two cannulas and it was you know annoying and they want to move him to Avalon catheter okay so in the surgery we measure circulation patient it's a surgery you know patient was on the table we measure circulation this was 41 percent so from 5.5 liters only three is going to the patient very large circulation and uh, they actually didn't believe it, of course. And they tried to move, they need to parallel surgery, put Avalon, nothing happened, they can't do anything. They find out patient is hypovolemic, they need to give fluid, fluid, when they give him fluid, they finally succeeded turning in a moving, you can't stop it, you need to have both, and then one disappear, then finally have Avalon catheter. With better volume status. And what we see now, okay, so now flow was 5.5, now it's smaller, but delivery, four liters, and it was three. So this is a simple example. It was definitely low cardiac output, but it was because of the volume status of the patient. So this is two issues you need to consider when you measure circulation if, and if it's on the high end. It's a summary about this data. So, if initially circulation more than 20% at prescribed flow, examine the cannula positioning. And if it didn't help, examine cardiac and volume status. So something is going on. Uh, if during VVF, I don't know why it's kind of some samples here, the treatment recirculation increases more than 10%, you can do the same thing. So what's important here to understand? You may see decrease of recirculation. People sometimes call me, you know, we have a decrease of recirculation. When sedan is going down, something is wrong. No, no, no. He became better. You know, his cardiac has gone up, volume has gone up. It may disappear. It doesn't need to go up. It may go down. So, but this is a very good sign. If you go down, you may cardiac output. Maybe it was caused by cardiac output. It's improved. So don't expect it goes all the way up. It will go down. But anyway, uh, this is two things you need to do uh, to do to kind of control recirculation measurement and routinely measure them when you patient, especially if you get transplant patient, it may take months, by the way. Okay, this is saying this is another Easter waterfall in Cornell University, very beautiful, a lot of flow. Um, so this all for this presentation. This was in 2003? Yes. Does it still have water? Uh, yes, yes. 
but uh, much less people can absorb because you need to have masks, less students on the campus. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but uh, important, the Cornell University have a super program for the students. Yes. They come, they, they all